Okay, so we are in our Circle Maker book. So for anybody who's new, we've been teaching out the Circle Maker book. And we are, um, I would say, about almost halfway. So I was just kind of adding it up tonight. And I thought maybe we can um, tonight, Jennifer, you're going to have to watch the time for me. I keep getting texts and it's going to disturb me. Um, we're going to have to um, try to finish up by the end of the year is my plan. So I'm going to try to, uh, 725, give me a five-minute warning so I can take 10 more minutes. Just be keeping it real. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the favor of God. And I really do need a time because I could get lost in this because, man, his favor is so awesome. So the, the, the name of this chapter, if you follow along in the book, if you have the book, is the favor of him who dwells in the burning bush. And I love that because we know that, of course, comes from Moses when um, God appeared to him in the burning bush. And so um, it just starts like this. It says this, the Bible tells us that the Lord is watching over his word to perform it. There is nothing God loves more than keeping his promises to his children. He is actively watching and waiting for us to simply take him at his word. You know what I, I love about this? As I was studying this yesterday and today for tonight, it goes so hand in hand with the Bible study. Because if you're in the Bible study Sunday night, we talked about God's word is alive and active in me. And we talked about how we can speak God's word and how it's our weapon. Our mouth is our weapon. His word is the weapon against the enemy. And so as I'm studying this night, it's talking about how God is looking for people who not only are committed to him, but who know his word and are expecting God to keep his promises. And you know, the sad thing is, I think a lot of times um, we expect people to keep their promises more than we expect God to. We start losing faith in God and, and we put more faith in people. And the truth is we get really hurt when somebody lies to us and don't keep their promises. But the only one who has never told a lie and always kept his promises, we have trust issues with, I mean, or I could just be talking about me. So, um, but let's just look at a couple of things. God, like, let's look at, a, I'm going to give you three scriptures and we're going to talk about how God is like keeping watch over his word. Now he's keeping watch over all of it and he's just seeing who's going to believe him so that he can show up and perform. Right? But let's just talk three. So Matthew 18 and 18. I'm, this is going to be out of the NIV. Let me turn to it. Matthew 18, 18 says this. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, just... We've all heard that scripture. Matter of fact, Beth Moore talked about it when we want to bond and lose stuff, right? What Does somebody tell me to you what that means? What does it mean by whatever is bound on earth can be bound in, bound in heaven, bound on earth? What, what, is, what do you think that means? We have authority over what? Right. Yes, we do. And that's, that's good. We can bond up the enemy on earth because he is bound in heaven, right? Um, I like to think of it a little bit, uh, break it down a little bit, because that's definitely true on a broad scale. But let's break it down a little bit. I think about this. Is there poverty in heaven? Then can I bond the spirit of poverty over my life? Because it's bound in heaven. There's not a poverty issue in heaven. Can I, is there sickness in heaven? then can I bind that in right now in Jesus' name on earth? 
I can bind that kind of stuff. Um, what's loose in heaven? Joy. So can we loose joy on the earth? And so when I think of that scripture, I'm thinking God is watching over people who really believe that. Like God, you said we can have authority and dominion over the enemy. And that means that I can believe for my healing and believe with everything in me and believe even when I don't see it. Cause what we call that is faith, right? And faith is what pleases God. So he wants us to believe even when we don't see, you know, it's not really faith when you believe God for something you already see, right? That's not really faith. Anybody can do that. They don't even have to take any ounce of even intelligence to do that. If I can see that happen, and if I can see the rain fall, and I can believe God for rain, it doesn't really take a scientist to figure that out. But if it hasn't rained in three months, and I start praying for rain, that takes a little bit of faith, right? And so, um, the next scripture we want to talk about is Isaiah, Isaiah 59, 21. Now, I'm just going to give you three. There's like a lot. I don't even know how many promises are in the word of God. There's a lot. And so we can believe God for a lot. Isaiah 59, and these came straight out the book, too. So Isaiah 59 and 21 says this. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forevermore, says the Lord. Now, when I pray that over my kids, I'm praying, Lord, the words that you have put in my mouth, your words, will not only depart my mouth, but they're going to be on my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, and they're going to declare the word of the Lord. That's a promise, God. And he's looking for people to believe him so he can show up and show out on his promises, right? And then the last one is Luke 7 and 23 that we're going to talk about tonight. It says this. I actually read another scripture tonight. Yeah. Do y'all remember that from last week? Blessed is, I didn't read that one when I was reading earlier. Blessed is the man who does not fall, who does not fall away on account of me. Or some versions say are not offended because of me. So, okay, God, I guess you want me to go there. I think if I'd have read that earlier, I probably wouldn't have put it in since I touched it last week. Last week we talked about that. I'm sorry. I was just a little shocked at God for a minute. And I was like, he done slipped one in on me that I didn't know about. Um, Man, that's a promise. Because you said, I'm going to choose to live unoffended. God's watching his word to see who's going to do that. Because that person is blessed. So let me just be as bold to say, if you choose to live offended, because that's a choice, it doesn't mean that the person who offended you wasn't right or wrong. That has nothing to do with that. It means I choose, no matter what you do or say to me, to not be offended. And especially not be offended on account of him. But I'm going to tell you something. Usually if Jesus or God or his word easily offends us, then people are right there offending us. If we choose to not let the Lord offend us for not showing up and showing out like we think he should, then it's much easier to walk in unoffense with people. And God says, blessed are they. And I'm going to just tell you, I've seen some people in my life who choose not to live unoffended. They're not blessed people. Matter of fact, they usually end up becoming angry and bitter and have a ton of health issues. 
Now, I don't know if we can link that together, but I haven't really met anybody who's not full of unforgiveness, anger, and bitterness who doesn't have health issues. I don't, I don't know how that links together. I just know this. Blessed is the man or woman who is not offended on account of me. And I know some health issues are real, so I'm not trying to, I know that despite anything you, you know, what about the little guy who was born blind and they asked Jesus, you know, why was he born blind? Was it his mother's father's sins? And God says, no, it's for my glory. Right? So I know I'm not even going to explain God. I just also know there are some things that we cause to happen to ourselves because we walk outside of the blessings of God. And so we got to be very careful and know the difference between that. So that's some scriptures and some promises that we can have. God, listen, I'm choosing to not be offended in this, not with you and not with, and and that's so hard. If I can just be real, sometimes I'm like, I'm doing it all right, God. I'm doing it all right. I don't know why this is happening. I'm doing it all right. I do know this, that the longer I live, the more I see his glory in circumstances I didn't understand back then. I do know that. And so I, I don't know everything, but I do know that some of the toughest times in my life when I look back on now and never want to do again, go through again, I can see his hand on my life and I can see his direction. And so I choose to trust that. I choose to trust God because of his word, because of his history and because of his character. I choose to trust God. So I'm about the favor of God. So, okay, God just threw that one in there. So if this doesn't fill you with holy confidence, nothing will. That means we can take the promises of God and actually live according to his word and and find the blessings there. We sometimes pray as if God doesn't want to keep his promises. I had to laugh when I wrote that today, when I typed it. It came from the book. I had to laugh because I thought, God, I, I, I do that, don't I, God? I do that sometimes. I pray like... Lord, if you want to heal them, if you can heal them, you know, I feel like, I feel like in the Bible where he's talking, it's like, what do you mean if I can? Like, do you know who I am? Stop talking to me like you don't know who I am. And so we do that sometimes. And I think it's sometimes because we feel, can I just be real? We feel responsible for the outcome. But God, what if I pray and you don't do this? Then they're going to look at me like, I don't, you know, I don't know God and I don't, you know, because I have a lot of faith. I have to remind myself often, it's not my job to heal. That is not my job. I'm not responsible for the results. I'm only responsible to have faith and believe. And I'm going to pray the prayer of faith and I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And from there, I'm not even going to try to explain God. I'm not. And but that's some freedom. When you can walk in that, that's some freedom. Now, I wish I could tell you I can walk in that. I just give myself that pep talk often. I'm not responsible for that. So let me pray with authority because I know my God. What he chooses to do, I'm going to trust. And so we're going to just, we're going to go like that. Miss Gail, I will tell you that Satan tried to take Hayden's life before he was three. He had 17 trips to the emergency room by the time he was three. And I remember thinking, there's something about this kid that Satan hates. And how can he, he's a baby, but Satan hates him. So we just begin to pray the blessings of God over his life. They try to diagnose him with asthma. They try to put all kinds of, they want to put him on medicine. They, I mean, and I just fought the whole system on that saying, this is a spiritual battle. You know, this is a spiritual battle. And I'm going to tell you, I'm reaping at 15 some of the results of that right now because the kid has a call in his life. Larkin has a call in her life. So when you see this happen and see it for what it is, it's Satan and he can't win. He can scare us. He can intimidate us. He can make us feel hopeless, but he can't win. And so Larkin 
is God's idea. Her life is God's idea. God's ways are higher than our ways. I just felt like I needed to say that to you, you know? So sometimes we pray as if God doesn't want to keep his promises. You have no idea how badly God wants to keep his promises. That's why he made the promises in the first place. But we sometimes pray as if our bold prayers that circle the promises of God might somehow offend God. But he's the one who made them. God is offended by anything less than praying boldly and believing. Boldly and believing. I remember, I don't know if I told y'all this story. Hayden was probably, it's always, it seems like it's always Hayden. Poor, poor Hayden. I don't, Hunter just doesn't have many stories. But we were, um, he, he was probably in first grade. So whatever age I is, six. And we were on our, he was going to school at, at uh, Booty, the little Christian school in Booty. And we were living in Dazalma. So we were pulling out and they had a fundraiser. And the way I do fundraisers for the most part is I just buy what, whatever they have to sell and then either sell it later or give it away. I just, I hate all that stuff, you know? So, so I had bought the stuff. I don't know if they were selling candy. I don't even know what they were selling, but whatever it was, the money had to be turned in. And if the money got turned in today on the due date, then you were, you were eligible to go on the field trip. So I'm very organized. Now we're not talking about his dad getting this together. It was me getting it together. And my character precedes that. I'm on top of that kind of stuff. So we're in the car, and Hayden said, Mom, did you get my fundraiser stuff? I said, yes, baby. It's in your backpack. Everything's ready to go. So he says, I'm going to check. I said, no, you don't need a check. I didn't want him opening his backpack on the way to school, and that was because it's just carpool where you drive. I didn't want all the commotion. I said, Hayden, it's in your bag. Well, I could hear him sneaking the little zipper. And I said, Hayden, do not open that bag. I'm not. I could hear the zipper. And I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and I said, Hayden, Paul, do not open that backpack. He says, I'm not, Mom. I said, Hayden, I hear the zipper. And he says, Mom, I want so bad to believe you, but I can't. (laughs) Can I just see for myself that it's in there? Yes, Hayden. So he opens it, and and he says, okay, we're good. He zips it back up. I drop him off and I'm like, do I kill him now? (laughs) Tell God he died. I don't know what to do with him. So I drop him off and I'm on my way home and the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. And he says, it's exactly what you do to me all the time. And I said, what? what?" (laughs) He says, you know my character. You know that I'm going to come through for you. Yet you always try to sneak around and make sure I'm doing it. And I, and I was sitting there, I start crying because I was like, I do that. And God says, just like you were offended that Hayden didn't trust you. It really hurt my heart. I mean, I was frustrated with him because he wasn't listening, but it hurt my heart because I was like, I never let him down one time so far with these fundraisers. I mean, we have been on it. You know, you got to sell five by the next day and you get the ticket for the prize. We were on it. We have been on it. And yet here he was not trusting me, and I had never failed him yet. I could understand if it was his dad, because I get that. But it was me. I'm on it. And God said to me, it's exactly what you do to me. I've never failed you one time. And yet when you ask for something, especially according to my word, he said, sometimes 
You're trying to sneak to make it happen so you can make me look good. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, we all do that. I know I'm not the only one. And it's okay if I was, but I know I'm not. We do that. And we can learn a lot from raising these kids of how we act, you know. But God's like, I want you to trust me. If I say it's in the bag, it's in the bag. If I say you're going to be healed, you're going to be healed. If I say, and see, Hayden was expecting money in the little envelope, but I just wrote a check. And so he was looking in the envelope for the money. And that's what he wasn't trusting, I think. But how is this the same as money, right? And, and God's like, you know what? It doesn't matter how it happens. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I need you to believe me. And I thought, oh, God's character is so much better than mine. He's so much more faithful than I am as a mom. He does so much better with fundraisers than I do. He does so much better with having everything in line for us than even I do with my own kids. So much better. Uh, so a funny story. So the boys came in um, Tuesday from football practice. They got out a little bit early, which I was not expecting and I did not like. It was like 3.45. I'm like, what are y'all doing home? I, I, I have at least till 5 every day. What are you doing home? Why are you here? And they were like, we, we ended early. And I was like, why? Go back to school. I don't, I'm used to that 5 o'clock coming home, right? And so <laughs> I said, Hunter says, what's for supper? which they say every time they come in the door. And I said, I got these uh, bacon cheeseburgers in the freezer, um, the little frozen ones. I said, and I'm going to fry some French fries. And Hunter said, you didn't cook? Now, I'm going to fry some French fries, but you didn't cook anything. Hunter, I have to stand over the stove and fry French fries. What do you call that? I can't even eat them. Like, what do you call that? He's like, but them hamburgers are frozen. But you've eaten those before. So, to, I mean, I'm having this cold conversation. Hayden comes in. Hayden said, what's for supper? Hunter says, she didn't cook. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to fry some French fries. <laughs> Why is that not cooking? And so I just, and so Hayden says to me, he says, mom, he says, frozen hamburgers are not like cooking. And I said, but I'm frying French fries, which I thought would have been enough for me to, he's like, that's not cooking. And I said, well, I don't even know what the big deal is. Y'all getting food. I mean, why do you have to eat every night? So we have this conversation. Like you come in every day wanting to cook. Twitch Hunter says, what have you done all day? And I was like, don't go there because you couldn't keep up with me if you tried. So we have this whole conversation. And I said, and so Hayden goes, mom, here's the deal. It's okay that you didn't cook. I'm frying French fries. I didn't fry french fries in case anybody was wondering. I did not. This is, there's chips in the pantry. You can go with your frozen burgers. But this is, what Hunter, this is what Hayden said. He goes, Mom, it's just so out of character for you. you. Every time we come in from football, you have supper cooked. I was like, can I have a day that I just fry french fries? But what, the funny story about that is, it's just a little piece into our life, is that we expect God to be in character. And sometimes we expect God to have this meal laid out and he's like, I'm frying french fries for you. And even though you don't think that's as good as grilling steaks, it's nourishment and it's what you need. Now they didn't, end, I think they ended up, I don't even know what they did. They, now the, the hamburgers weren't in there. I don't even know what they did. I, just, I was like, I'm, I don't even know what to tell you. They didn't get french fries, I know that. But you know, a lot of times we expect God to have this character. And in my heart, they were still getting a meal. 
And in their heart, I had let them down. And boy, that's going to be some confusion sometimes when we confuse God with who he, we think he is. That's why we have to know his word, know his promises. I never promised them, boys, I was cooking every night. I promised them that you were going to have something to eat and a roof over your head. That's what I promised. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We can get very upset with God for not performing like we think we, he should perform. And I don't know if you've seen my family lately. We all fairly healthy. So nobody needs to feel sorry for them at all. We're all very healthy in our, in our life. Okay. Just a funny story. I'm just saying, sometimes I think we learn a lot from our kids and how our heavenly father is with us, you know? And we come in and we're like, I can't, God, I, the service was good. I just can't believe we just didn't have this awesome presence. And, and God's like, I'm in the whisper and I'm in the shout and I'm in the wave and I'm in the puddle and I'm in the rain and I'm in a thunderstorm. Stop trying to put me in a box, you know? So we just got to know who God is and accept who that is and love him for his character and not when he just meets every single one of our needs, right? My kids need to hear that. Okay. They're pretty good boys. Okay, let's talk, let's talk about this. Oh, okay. Psalms 84 captures the heart of the heavenly father when it says this. This is what Psalms 84, 11 says. B, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. But what's our part in that? Walk uprightly. So we're living according to God's standards. We're living according to his word. He's going to keep his word. He's a very conditional God. He loves us unconditionally, but his promises are very conditional. As well they should be, because if you were a good parent or grandparent, you have conditions. Listen, I'm going to bless you, but there's conditions to that. Hunter, you know, is driving, which costs more money than I want to pay for insurance. But every nine weeks, I have to submit his report card. And because he gets all A's, I get a very small discount. But I'm thankful for the discount. Um, and I tell Hunter all the time, I said, you know, because you do the right thing, there's blessings that follow. And there's a little bit of a discount that actually makes it feel like we can afford it. God's like that, too. So we put those conditions on our children. You make good grades, you get to drive. You don't make good grades, I lose a discount, I can't afford for you to drive. God does the same thing with us. Walk uprightly, and there's nothing that I won't give you. No good thing will I withhold from you if you walk uprightly before God. But then we have the kids sometimes who just, you want to beat. And you know God wants to beat us sometimes. I know, I just know. Sometimes he's like, girl, I'm about done dealing with you. Stop talking to me like that, I'm about done. <laughs> you know, who said that? Somebody, you talk to God, I'm like, oh, he hears from me all day. I know he's frustrated with me sometimes. Psalms 23 says this. I love this. Well, you know what Psalms 23 says. But the, the end of it says this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Do y'all know that part of the Psalms that said that? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. But did you know that follow is actually, um, it isn't a very strong translation from the Hebrew. It actually is a hunting term in Hebrew. It's like the, the word, we don't really have a good English translation, but it would be like, surely goodness and mercy is, will follow me all the days of my life. It would be like saying, sure, God will hunt you down to give you goodness and mercy. It says this. It says, God is hunting you down to bless you. He wants to show you his goodness and his mercy. But too often we run away from it. Why? Because we doubt his good intentions. We can't believe that God is for us. 
This is why God reminds us so many, many times in scripture with many different words that he's for us. The favor of God. Let's just talk about that a minute. It's what you should pray every day, all day. Ask for God's favor. Matter of fact, the author of the book says, if there's one thing I pray every day, it's for God's favor in my life, over my kids, over my church. So I'll put that here. It's what we should pray, God's favor over our life, our family, our children, our church, our community, our country. While it's tough to define exactly what favor is, I think the author says, the favor of God is what God does for you that you cannot do for yourself. And if we think about that, what are the things in our life that happens to us that really we cannot do for ourselves? It would be most everything. Because without God, we, we would be a poor, helpless people. Have you seen people who try to do it without God? I go to Claire House every other week. They're a mess. Now, they're working on their story and their testimony, and that's great. But people that try to do it without God are a mess. And yet here we are walking in the favor of God. And sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes I used to tell my kids this. I wish for one week I could send you somewhere where they didn't love you. And let you see how they treat you. And then you will be gladly come back and be appreciative of what you have here at this house. <laughs> Don't you think God's like that too? God, I think for one week I'd like to take all my blessings away. God, please, I'm like, please don't even take it for one minute. But what if he did that? What if we did not have the blessings of God in our life? It's scary. It's time. It's my, it's my 10 minute warning. <laughs> that would be scary to think about. It's scary to think about. Okay, I do want to get to this one part. So let me, let me stop running these rabbit trails. I, and I said this before. I pray, and this is the truth, and my boys will tell you. If, the, if you say to my boys, just test them sometimes. Hey, what does Luke 2 and 52 say? They will spit it out verbatim because I pray it every day over them, no exception. I pray that you would walk in wisdom and statue in favor with God and with man. I pray that every day. Somebody asked me the other day, my father-in-law, how in the world did them boys walk onto that football team brand new as a sophomore and a junior and both of them have a starting position? Matter of fact, Hunter has a starting on offense and defense. How does that happen? Of course, my mother-in-law says, because they're great. I said, because I pray Luke 2 and 52 over them every day. Because nobody's that good. They, they walk in favor because I pray that covering over them. Man, start praying that over you. I pray that over me and Mo. We have tremendous favor. Not only in this natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. We have tremendous favor. Not because we're special, but because we ask. I pray that covering. I pray it over our church. Don't look, don't look now, but we have tremendous favor at our church. I'm praying it over our community. I'm praying it over our schools. God is good. He keeps his word. He wants to keep his word. So it all comes down to this. We have to know the scriptures and believe them. We have to speak them over every situation. That was just what we talked about in Bible study and your homework this week. The favor of God is something that we need to ask for. The greatest, the greatest moments in life are the moments when God intervenes on our behalf and blesses us way beyond what we expect or deserve. And that's the truth. That's the greatest moments. When God shows up for that land next to you with that unexpected blessing. We all have those stories, right? But this is what I love. It says here. It says, um, it's a humble reminder of his sovereignty. And these favor moments become our favorite memories. I love that because when God shows up like that. Now, there was this part in here, and I actually didn't get much further than this, thank the Lord, but there's a verse in Deuteronomy 33 and 3. Can we, 33 and 13, can we put that up? 
And we're actually going to read through verse 16. I wanted to all look at it together. Deuteronomy 33 and 13. And I want everybody to write that down or take a picture or memorize it where it's out in your mind. 33, 13 through 16. Because I want you to begin praying this over our community, over our church. And Joseph said this. This is the blessing. May the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven above and with the deep waters that lie beneath, below. With the best the sun brings forth and the finest the moon can yield. With the choicest gifts of the ancient mountains and the fruitfulness of the everlasting hills. With the best gifts of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwelt in the burning bush. Let them all rest on the head of Joseph. Hey guys, right there, just think about praying that over our church and over our land and over our country and over our community. That the Lord would bless us. I love it because it says this. The Lord may bless his land with the precious dew from heaven above, with the deep waters that lie below and the best. Can we pull that up in the message? Brother Donald? I didn't look it up in the message, but let's just see what that says. Maybe. The best of earth's exuberant gifts, the smile of the burning bush dweller. Oh, I do like that. All of this on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the consecrated one among his brothers. In splendor, he is like a firstborn bull. His horns are horns of the wild ox. He'll gore the nations with those horns, push them all, all the ends of the earth. And if you knew the story of Joseph and his sons, I mean, this blessing did come up to pass. Blessed by God, be his land, the best fresh dew from heaven. There it is. That's what I wanted. Blessed by God, be his land, the best fresh dew from high heaven and the fountains springing from the depths. The best radiance streaming from the sun and the best the moon has to offer. Beauty pouring off the tops of the mountains and the best from his everlasting hills. The best of earth's exuberant gifts, the smile of the burning bush dweller. I love that because um, that was a blessing over Joseph, but I'm going to claim that over our land. The best, Lord, the best the sun has to offer. The best the moon can yield. Because, you know, when stuff like that starts happening, let's just think about that in the spirit realm. Let's just think about the fruitfulness of the spirit realm of that coming to pass. And so we just pray that blessing over it. So this is my last point here. Look at the last line that says, the favor of, of he, him who dwelt in the burning bush. The hard thing about praying is letting God do all the heavy lifting. You have to trust the favor of God to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. You have to trust God, like Moses, to change the hearts of even the Pharaohs. The favor of him who dwells in the burning bush is a unique dimension of God's favor that enables you to stand before those who would naturally stand in opposition to you, but they supernaturally step aside or stand behind you. And I put, wow, God. Let me tell you what that means. I put, wow, God. It was like, wow, God, from, from BBS. Because here's what that means. That means we start praying this blessing over our church, over this community, there will be, even the people that come in opposition of what's happening here will have to either stand beside us or stand behind us because the favor and the blessing of God will be over our church. It sounds like the Rangers are back there again, taking our own tour. But hey guys, when we walk in God's favor, there's, there's nothing that God won't do for us. The first part of walking in his favor though is knowing his word. 
Because when we know his word, we know his character, and then we know him. Then we can start believing the promises and walk in favor. And I just double dog dare you to ask God to begin to show you his favor on your life. I think you'll be amazed because I think just like my boys coming in and expecting supper, sometimes we just walk in with this, I expect God to show up. And God's like, you're walking in favor and you don't even know it. You don't even, we take for granted the favor of God in our lives. And just for one second, if we can have our spiritual eyes open to see the favor we walk in, I think we would be amazed. Because God forbid we, he ever takes it away for a second. And we have to go one second without his favor in our life. I mean, I don't want that. So that's what I want to tell you. I know we talk about circles and we now we pray in heart. Pray for the favor of God over your life, over your family, over our church, over this community. Because God wants to do great and mighty things. But it's going to start with us believing who he is, knowing his word, and walking in favor. Is that good? Yeah. Listen, I know I'm blessed and highly favored. I need you to know that too. I mean, I don't need you to know that I am. I need you to know that you are. Blessed and highly favored. Matter of fact, we could just start practicing that when somebody says, Sister Carl, how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. I mean, really, does really anybody really want to know how we're doing? They really can't handle it, right? They don't have enough letters behind their last name. So we just blessed and highly favored. That's what we are, right? <laughs> when they say, how you doing? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you, God, that God, your blessings. I, I feel like I so inadequately even said, God, what I felt like you wanted me to say. God, I, I don't even know how to teach your favor. God, I, I don't. I, I, I'm just going to ask you for a supernatural download from the Holy Spirit over each and every person to really understand the favor that you have for us. God, I thank you for your favor. I thank you that we can all be your favorites. God, because we are. You love us all, God. You called us the apple of your eye. So God, I ask right now, Lord, that you would begin to sing over your people. God, that you would begin to fill them with song. And as they begin to sing, I don't even know why I'm singing that, God. It'll say, oh, that's my favor. God, bless them with favor in a tangible way, God, where they can see, Lord. God, everything from the, the, who, the person they're married to, the favor of God. Their children, the favor of God. God, their in-laws, the favor of God. God, their extended family, the favor of God. God, their jobs, the favor of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have jobs, God. I thank you for providing financially, God. I thank you, Lord, that this church, God, never shut its doors, God, because of your favor. God, I thank you, Lord, for the promises over our lives. God, we say they are yes and amen. We call that forth today, Lord. And God, I pray right now over this precious congregation, Luke 2 and 52, that they would walk in wisdom and statue and favor with you, God, and with man. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.